Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I had just turned two. I remember very little. Mama. It's Wednesday morning, and little Heather's mother never made it home last night. Mama. Which is odd. Hey, honey, good morning. Good morning, wanna have some breakfast? No, no, come on, let's go have some breakfast. I've got your little bunny. Luckily, Heather has her grandparents. Her mom, 21-year-old Betty Sue McConnell, decided to stay under her parents' roof so she could work and get much-needed help raising her daughter. She lived at my house with me, with me and her dad. We shared the responsibility. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind watching her at all. Margaret's so tender-hearted, and she takes everybody in. Everybody from the neighborhood always calls her Nana. They're my everything. I would do anything for them. For the past year, Betty Sue's been working the night shift at a 24-hour donut shop at the local mall, just a couple miles up the road. She chose to work the evening shift because of me having Heather during the night and her having her during the day. Are you ready to open your presents? Yeah. Okay. Betty Sue dotes on her daughter, trying to provide as best she can. This purple buddy, give it a hug. Give her a hug. Oh. Heather's father is a local woodworker named Jimmy Strouser, and he was most definitely not in the picture. My dad has never been in my life. He was a violent person. He had a temper. Betty wasn't planning on having a child, but she loved her, and she was she was a good mom, very good mom. Which is why it's so strange that on this morning, Betty Sue is nowhere to be found. Hey. Hey. Looks like Betty Sue never made it home from work last night. Oh, yeah? 
That's yeah. all I've heard. I know. It's odd. Hey, sweetie. Hey, beautiful. Look who's up. Look who's up. <laughs> he didn't overreact. He thought, okay, she's just out somewhere, stopped somewhere, you know, or maybe to get a burger or something. He's not a worrier like me. <laughs> Last night was a typical work night for Betty Sue. Hey, Betty Sue. Hey. All good? Yep. How's that baby girl doing? Sound asleep by this hour, I hope. Give her a squeeze for me when you get home. Will do, honey. Just about done here. But at 11.30 p.m., just before her shift ended, Betty Sue called her mom to tell her she was going to be home later than usual. She worked that night shift, and then she had planned to go through the bowling alley to meet her friend, Amy, and then she was coming home. But now, it's morning, and she hasn't shown up. Her folks have no idea where she could be. She didn't stay out late. She was always home. After she got off from work, she might go maybe by the bowling alley for like 20, 30 minutes or something like that. But she always called. They didn't have cell phones back then, so she didn't have a phone. So we were trying to think of what might have happened if she had car trouble or anything. The McConnells don't feel any need to alert the authorities just yet. Betty Sue will turn up eventually. About 10 miles upstream from Asheville, the French Broad River offers some excellent bass fishing. But the eastern banks are nothing but boggy woods and giant stretches of marshland. <laughs> Just after daybreak, Betty Sue wakes up to a nightmare. She's disoriented and covered in the mud of the snake-infested riverbank. And she's been stabbed four times in the chest. Where she crawled up was pretty rocky, and although there was some grass, it was not an easy crawl for her. She had to be absolutely terrified. I can't really imagine the fear that, that she must have felt. She was extremely strong-willed. I can only imagine in that scenario, you know, that you have an immense desire to just live. At her age, you know, she had to have been thinking, I am far too young to die. Finally, about 30 yards from the riverbank, she spots help. At least, she hopes it's help. There weren't really any neighborhoods, and, and still aren't, in that area. Quiet, Amos! I said shut the hell up! Don Helms was a uh, resident of a small cabin which uh, was located across the uh, road from the riverbank. Don, go find out what he's barking at and putting into it. Where do I have to get up? This is your dog, that's why. I'm just putting it into you. 
he and his wife were asleep in their house, and he heard some noises. Emma, shut up! a knife. He got a knife to cut her clothing. She had several stab wounds. I believe they were all in the left side of her chest. Ah. Ah, she's been stabbed real good. Oh, my Lord. Do we have any bandages? For that? Get me some plastic wrap. Look at me. Stay with me, sweetheart. You'll be okay, all right? Look at me. Eyes open, eyes open. He made great efforts to save her life. He was a, a medic in the army, and she had obviously been stabbed in the chest area. And he tried to wrap it in saran wrap to stop the bleeding. He really thought that he could save her life. She's saying something. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
on the banks of the French Broad River in Asheville, North Carolina. A young woman's been repeatedly stabbed, but she's managed to claw her way over to the cabin of Don and Sue Helms. She's saying something. Oh, man. Oh, God. No. Ten miles down the French Broad River, Carl and Margaret McConnell are starting their day. But one member of the family hasn't come home yet. Well, how late did you stay? And she never showed up. Do you know where she went? Their 21-year-old daughter, Betty Sue, should have been home by now. Okay, well, holler if you hear anything, okay? Okay, thanks. I just put Heather down for a nap. Betty Sue never even showed up at the bowling alley last night. She didn't show she up. She never showed up. I don't know where that girl could have gone. Betty Sue's parents can only hope that she'll walk through the door with a good explanation. If she told me something, she did that. I mean, she always stayed in touch. She always called me. She'd call me at least two or three times a night. Detective Mike Wright and his partner from the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office arrive at the Helms place to a gruesome mystery. Yeah, they're saying she died on sight. When I arrived, it was early morning, just beginning uh, to break dawn. I was the on-call crime scene investigator that particular day. She looks young. You reckon she's what? Early 20s. Paramedics found nothing on her either, no ID, no pocketbook. So we got a Jane Doe. For now. And the ones back there found her. Hey, we got it, thank you. Morning. Did you say anything at all? Yeah, uh, right before she passed, she said, After work, my two men stabbed, thrown in the river. Two men stabbed, thrown in the river. That's it, yeah. We're thinking the poor thing came from out of the woods there. Two men stabbed and thrown in the river. Hey. Got something? Yeah. <sighs> Let's see if we can't find out what direction she came from. Come on. Hey, I got more. After a couple hours of tracking the blood trail, 
It looks like they're getting close to where it happened. Where's your head at, Mike? Uh, I see blood here and here. That's all around us. The trail isn't even linear anymore. What are you saying? Hey, come take a look at this. Yeah, that girl was stabbed right around here and then... And then made her way a quarter mile in from the river? How did she get here? I don't see any tire tracks or... They keep poking through the reeds and muck, looking for anything that doesn't belong. Got something here. Is that blood or mud? Oh, yeah, that's blood. Hey, what's it say right there? BM. We located glasses near the riverbank that uh, had the initials BM on them. We collected those for potential fingerprint processing. That same day, a few miles upriver from where the detectives are dredging through the muck, a passing train spots something awfully strange. The call came in that there was a, you know, a car in the river, you know, within two or three miles of where this happened. They immediately rushed to the scene. The detectives hike on over. A crew is already there, getting ready to pull the car out. You think this car is linked to the girl? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, we gotta look. Ray? Mike? Bobby? Hey. Anyone in there? Don't look like it. But well, we gotta check the whole car. Yeah. Stand by. Oh, Mike, Jesus. Oh, don't tell me there's a kid out here. Rescue operations like that are sort of a tense moment because you need to proceed as rapidly as possible, but you also have to proceed in a cautious manner. All right, let's get this thing ready to pull. Everybody clear out. Gotta hope there ain't a baby in there, man. Coast clear, no victims. Ray, have him hold the record. Hold the record! Investigators need to find out what connection, if any, it may have to their Jane Doe. I need to borrow your radio. Yeah, thanks. Right dispatch, I need you to run a tag pronto. North Carolina tag, Bravo, Alpha Victor 7, 589 or over. The license plate was attached to the vehicle, so the ownership of the vehicle and the address of the owner, uh, you know, were immediately known as soon as the vehicle came out of the water. Last name, McConnell. First name, Deborah. Asheville address, over. Copy. Have a unit do a well-being check. If you can make contact, have somebody bring her to the station now. We're heading that way. Over. Hey, you ready? Yeah. Wrecker, clear! The investigators presumed at the time that the body that they had found was Debbie McConnell. But to the detective's surprise, okay. Debbie McConnell is still very much alive. We appreciate you coming down. Just have a seat. Well, thank you again for coming down. Uh, we, we just have a few simple questions for you, so we'll get right into it. Debbie, how on earth did your car end up in the French Broad River? Well, to be honest, I have no idea. And why is that? 
Because I loaned my car to my sister last night so she could get to work. What's her name? And where she work at? Um, she works evenings at the donut place over at Innsbruck Mall. Her name's Betty Sue McConnell. I was hoping y'all could tell me where she was. She said she'd be home last night, but no one's seen her yet. You said Betty Sue McConnell? Yes, sir. The initials on the eyeglasses of BM did match the name of Betty Sue McConnell. Does your sister wear glasses? Yes, sir. She's blind without them. Is Betty Sue okay? <clears throat> There's something we need to tell you. No. <laughs> We're not sure it's her okay, but we are gonna need your help. I can't, I'm so I can't. I need to call my mama, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. We didn't know exactly what had happened to her at that point. I had thought when they said they found the car, I thought she had had a wreck. Hello? Debbie? Debbie, Debbie, what's wrong? bad. This was just like a shock. I mean, you know, it was just, I don't remember what they said exactly. I can't remember much after them telling us what had happened, except she was gone. It's horrible thought. It's horrible feeling to know how she must have suffered. <laughs> Losing somebody normally is bad enough. But if you lose somebody like that, it's, it's worse. I mean, you just can't imagine unless it happens to you, you can't imagine what it's like. Well? Yeah, stabbed four times. Oh, and uh, there is something else. Looks like it was a sexual assault. The autopsy report is grisly. But even though they recovered DNA from Betty Sue's body, this is 1979, so there's no DNA analysis that can tell them who it belongs to. Truth is, there's little to go on. Jesus. She has a two-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. Heather? Yeah, and uh, I'm thinking you and I, we need to go see Heather's daddy. I'm with you. According to the McConnells, Jimmy Strouser hasn't been much of a father. Hey, you Jimmy Strouser? Hello? 
It's always common to look at close family members and close relationships due to the fact that so many crimes uh, do have that type of connection. At the time that this happened, uh, Betty Sue McConnell and, and Heather's father were not together. But, as always, that's one of the first people that you look at as a suspect. Hey, James Strouser. Damn it. Hey, what? Can't you see I'm working? Yeah, we're real sorry, sir. But we're here to talk to you about a homicide. You and Betty Sue McConnell, you had a history? We had a thing. I used to like her when I was drunk. When he was young, he hung out on the street where we lived, and he did drink a lot. He was a pretty rough character. What do you mean by a thing? <laughs> the hell do you think I mean? I ain't talking kids or marriage. And yeah, what about the little girl? She ain't mine. I don't know who her daddy is. It ain't me. Really? Really. So, uh, Jimmy, you want to tell us where you were last night? Where I was? Same place I am every night, down at Max. I didn't see Betty Sue, if that's what you're asking. That's all I have to say about that. Hey, don't go making any travel plans, Jimmy. All right? Come on, we'll see if anybody's going down to Max. No one's gonna be there at this hour. Yeah, but I'll check out that donut shop first. Remember her last words. Somebody got her after work. Betty Sue. I can't believe it. She was just here last night. When she left, she said she's going bowling. What time does she leave? Around 11.30. Did anybody follow her out? No, the place is empty. Anybody hanging around? I was making donuts in the back about two weeks ago. I guess it must have been around nine o'clock. <gasps> hey, Betty Sue. Shoot, you scared me. You got something extra sweet for us on special tonight? Yeah, I'd like something with a bunch of uh, glaze on it. <laughs> Make that too glazed donuts and two coffees to go. I was filling the trays. I hardly took a look at them. Wish we could bag you up, Betty Sue. And take you with us. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Just a couple of jokers from the rail yard who don't know the difference between flirty and dirty. There is a motel across from the donut shop where a lot of the railroad workers hang their boots. One of the theories was that perhaps a railroad worker had the opportunity and, and motive to commit the crime. It bugged him more than she let on. Real yard, you said? Thanks for help. Just on the outskirts of the French Broad Swamps, a railway line runs cold through the region. That August, a crew of men had been hired to lay track not far from the donut shop where Betty Sue worked. They looked at the train workers because the station was near this, uh, where she worked, this donut shop, 
and um, they would frequent the shop. So they wanted to check out all the potential workers that could have come in that night. Hey, good morning. Hi, boys. What well, was the pleasure. We heard a couple of your employees may have had a run-in with Betty Sue McConnell at her store. Which ones? You got names? No, we don't know which ones. What do they look like? We don't know that either. I see. Did you happen to notice the number of men working for me on that track out there? Well, any of those men ever had previous run-ins with the law? My employees are hardworking guys. And I'm not about to lose any of them poking around in their private lives. I tell you what. The name and address of every guy I got out there. There's some rap sheets in there too. Feel free to dig in. Since the car was found down near the railroad, considerable investigative effort was put into establishing uh, whether or not uh, one of the uh, railroad employees could be a suspect in this matter. Investigators now have a spider's web of possible suspects. Problem is, they hardly know where to start. Alibis were checked, work schedules were checked, everything was checked very, very well, and just led to um, a dead end. Nothing panned out. December rolls around, four months after Betty Sue's murder, and investigators are still scratching their heads. There's no sign of the two <laughs> rail yard workers who harassed Betty Sue at the donut shop. As for the father of Betty Sue's child, Jimmy Strouser, his alibi proves oak solid. Okay. It's always uh, frustrating for a case to go cold. The thing that affects me about these cases is I think about, you know, not only were the uh, victims, you know, hopes and dreams uh, snuffed out, but, uh, you know, their family also has to wonder what happened and needs some closure. I'm sure they dealt with this every day of their lives. We kept, you know, hoping and hoping that something or somebody would say something. You always have that hope, but you have to go on. I think being two years old and up to 20 years old and not knowing anything, that you become accustomed to thinking you'll never learn anything, that you'll never have closure or you'll never be able to say, this guy did this, and have that finished and put away. Then, nearly two decades later, in August 1998, the case of Betty Sue McConnell is blown wide open by the sudden arrival at a local hospital emergency room of a man by the name of Jerry Harmon. <laughs> Jerry Harmon was in the Asheville Hospital and was having seizures and apparently was a longtime or lifetime drinker. Oh, God. I'm dying. Oh, God. 
Sir, you need to calm down. Sarah's gonna be okay. It's just the alcohol coming out of your system. You don't understand. How can I get sick of my chest? Sir, you're gonna be okay. It's just the alcohol coming out of your system. He did it. He did it. Hey, that girl, he did it. Jerry Harmon had a severe alcohol problem. And because of that, he was never really able to hold down a, you know, a long-term, steady job. Uh, and he did work when he could find it, sort of, you know, odd jobs, and, you know, took any work that he could find. Sir, you need a rest. He really did it. I know who killed that girl by the river. What? Betty Sue McConnell. She's dead. It was him. I was there. <laughs> okay, um, sir, I'm, I'm gonna call the doctor, okay? He's laying there in the hospital room under the impression that he is going to die imminently. And he could not do it without telling somebody about what had happened in 1979. Yes, I need you to send an officer over here. We have a patient who's witnessed a crime and he wants to get it off his chest really bad. He's all right, he just got alcohol poisoning. Okay, thank you. Now, Buncombe County detectives suddenly find themselves dusting off the 20-year-old cold case of Betty Sue McConnell. There's this guy that claims that he knows something about a murder and he's intoxicated. The first thing you think is, yeah, right. Thank God. he. You know, even though he was intoxicated, he was able to, to give enough information to, to get their attention, you know, to where they didn't just blow him off. Detective Ann Benjamin is now on Betty Sue's cold case. Once Jerry's dried out, she takes him out for some ribs and a root beer to get some answers. You would immediately know that Jerry had a rough life. He just looked much older than he was at the time and uh, just wanted to get this off his chest. Okay, Jerry. So August 25th, 1979. What happened? I was running around with this guy named Terry Hyatt. I hadn't been in Nashville that long. I didn't know him that well. We both like to hit the bottle. We're rolling through Asheville on a beer run. It's late. Passed by this pretty girl driving in a car. Terry starts losing his mind, going crazy. He says, I gotta have this girl. And we fall in behind her and start following her. And he bumps her. Not hard, but just you know, enough to make her pull over. I was thinking we're just going to get beer. But Terry had other ideas. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Want well, party? He pulls over and gets out and pulls a knife on her and gets in her car. And I just follow in the truck. According to Jerry, he stayed in the cab of his truck while Terry took Betty Sue for a little walk toward the French Broad River. Why didn't you try and stop him? I didn't know what he was doing. I mean, I, mean, I knew, but I didn't know. I just sat there. I would see how it played out. I figured we'd they'd come back out of the woods and we'd go on our separate ways. But that's not what happened. 
No, that's not what happened. Come on, down. My glasses. Get up now. <gasps> Bye-bye, honey. When I heard his scream, it sent chills up my spine. What'd you do to her? Let's roll. Follow me. He said he stabbed her and just threw her in the river. Jerry says he followed Terry in the girl's car down Highway 19 until they turned down a dirt road, stopping a hair short of the river's edge. And Terry gets in her car and like that, just rolls it in the river. You still go on beer runs with Terry? No. No, we never hung out after that. Couldn't. 20 years. Why now? I've done a lot of stuff I can't fix. I figured this is one wrong I could make right. He gave us the feeling that he was just totally afraid, didn't know what to do, in the wrong place at the wrong time, and scared to death of Terry Hyatt. It isn't hard to sniff out Terry Hyatt. He's already served time for the rape and kidnapping of another young woman back in 1979, one who lived and press charges. Terry Hyatt also had a history. He had kidnapped a woman. He had told that woman that he had killed and thrown someone in the river before. And so we had this other evidence to realize that Terry Hyatt was the murderer in this case. Terry Hyatt? Can I help you? We're from the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office. We're hoping you can help us out with a case. Would you be willing to come down to the station? We told him we would like to speak to him about an unsolved case that was fairly recent, within the last year. We kind of wanted to take him off guard, where he would relax knowing he didn't commit that crime. Let me get my truck keys. Thanks. Terry Hyatt said, I have nothing to do with that crime. I'll go down right now and show you that I wasn't part of this crime. So we took him up on that. Once at the station, the detectives reveal what they really want to talk about. Have a seat. The 1979 murder of Betty Sue McConnell. Of course, he denies knowing anything about it. But then... So, Terry. The detectives employ an interesting tactic. They were able to collect a set of fingerprints. You sure you don't want to rethink your answer? Can y'all, uh... Can y'all just, uh... Give me a few minutes here. Sure, Terry. You think it over. Tim? The prints on the card aren't from Betty Sue's body. But Terry doesn't know that. The detectives are playing a risky game, one that Terry is about to lose.
why on earth would you crumple up a fingerprint card that you thought was yours, thinking that they had found fingerprints at the murder of Betty Sue McConnell? Why would you try to get rid of that evidence unless you were the one that did it? And right there at the station, Terry Hyatt is placed under arrest for the kidnapping, rape, and first-degree murder of Betty Sue McConnell. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Terry denies killing anyone, but as they build their case against him, detectives soon make a chilling discovery. Terry Hyatt had multiple victims in 1979. The first one occurred in April, they were both committed in the exact same way. They were random abductions late at night after the victim got off work. They were both raped. They were both robbed. In both cases, the body was disposed of in one way or another. Thanks to the eyewitness testimony of Jerry Harmon and the identical MOs used in both homicides, Terry Hyatt is found guilty of both murders and sentenced to death. Thing is, they likely aren't the only ones. That's one thing about these types of murders. They're so rare, the true stranger murders, the true serial murderers, they don't stop. Mama? Every memory I have of her is one that someone else gave me. I don't know what she smelled like, what she felt like, what she sounded like. I don't have a vivid, clear memory of her. Margaret tried to fill the role of Heather's mother as best she could. That was my salvation. If I had not had Heather to take care of or to be there, I, I don't know what I would have done. She was part of Eddie that, I guess you could say, kept me sane. <laughs> it does help to know what happened and to know that she fought for so long, and she tried to hold on and survive because the last thought on her mind was, God help me, I have a baby at home. And she knew that she needed to get back, and she couldn't. Betty Sue's love was so powerful, it nearly got her out of that swamp and to safety. And for Heather, that's a love worth cherishing.